0: Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, November 2nd edition of the Basement Academy. Today is election day. Let me encourage you, if you haven't already, make sure you get out and vote. As Christians, we seek the common good. As Christians, we pray for kings and rulers and all those who have positions of authority that we may live peaceful lives. We seek the peace of the city to which we have been sent in exile. And so let me encourage you, I I don't care who you vote for, be a good citizen, uh, be a good neighbor, and be a faithful witness of Jesus Christ and how you conduct yourselves and how you speak as election results come in throughout the course of the day and perhaps overnight. May we be those who bear witness that we have a hope that is not lodged in political outcomes. And when people see us behaving differently, perhaps uh, they will ask, why is it that you're different? And then we give a reason for the hope that we have, a hope that is not founded uh, on the institutions of this world. So anyway, election day, get out there. Psalm 62, a Psalm of David. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge." Low-born men are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing together, they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. Amen. What a great prayer for election day that our hope is set on God, not on the things of this world. And what a great prayer as we turn to consider evangelism. My salvation and my honor depend on God. Okay. Let's uh, share, let me think with you about 10 beliefs of an unlearned evangelist. Trying to, you know, play off of our our theme here. 10 things that we ought to be aware of, that we ought to believe and have convictions and and assumptions around. And the first is this, I'll do five today and five tomorrow. The first is, God is already on the scene in people's lives. We believe that. We believe that because they're made in the image of God. God has created every human being. So those whom we wish to bear witness to, those in our village, right, they, they bear the image of God. So we know some things already. We know that that, that, that they have been created with a hunger for transcendence. They, they're created to be in a relationship with God. And so we believe that. They are created for a relationship with God. So they have a, a capacity for worship, they have an interest in things bigger than themselves, that they have a um, they're moved by beauty, they're moved by goodness, they're moved by truth, they have a, a hunger and thirst for things to go well. Now, b- because of sin, That's all going to be shaped and twisted around a little bit, as it is for all of us. And so we know that that hunger and thirst for righteousness is sometimes going to be lodged not on truth, but on error, right? And that the right may be a self-righteousness. And so we know that, that sin has so affected their life, that shame, that regret, that disappointment, they will have been marked by loss, uh, fear. Um, anger. Um, we know, as with Adam and Eve, that that the dodging and covering up and avoiding uh, responsibility and accountability—that those are part of their life also. So, we can we know that there's a hunger for things and a capacity to be connected with God, but we know also that there's going to be ways that that is dodged. That. They would rather be the God of their own life than to submit to God, right? I mean, that's, the, that's kind of the defining moment when somebody says, I want God to be the Lord of my life and not, not myself. So we believe that God is already on the scene. God is already kind of preparing the way in, in some ways. God is bearing witness through creation uh, to his power, his divine nature, his, his, his uh, majesty and the like. But maybe this person hasn't heard of Jesus, hasn't considered the claims of Jesus. And so he appoints us to be witnesses, okay? So we believe God is already on the scene in people's lives. We we have to begin there, okay? Second, we believe that we are not responsible for their salvation. I am not responsible to save anyone. I am not the Messiah. I am not the savior. My salvation, as the psalm says, my salvation and my honor depend on God. And so it's asking God to be at work, to reveal and to open eyes. I'm responsible to bear witness for the reason for the hope I have in Jesus Christ. I'm responsible to, to live well, to live wisely, to live humbly. I'm responsible to bear witness when opportunities arise. Okay, But I can't save anybody. And so we don't walk around. uh, uh, We've got to unlearn that. If we think we're responsible and people are going to hell because I haven't saved them, that's wrong, okay? So I am not responsible to save anyone. We need to relax then, right? Um, A third belief is that, very simply, spending time with another person increases opportunities to influence them. Okay, now now influence is kind of a funny thing. We can influence through our prayers. And so we're praying to God for our village all the time, I hope, right? That we map that village and we're praying for specific people or families by name, that there would be an opportunity uh, to bear witness to them, right? An openness on their part and an opportunity that we would have to bear witness. So. Openness and opportunity, that's the way you're praying for people. And so we believe somehow in the mystery of how God works that, that our prayers also can be effective, right, in softening people's hearts. But spending time with others we believe, increases the opportunities to influence them. The more time you spend with somebody, the more conversation you have, the more opportunity to make observations, to speak into their life, for them to observe your life and how you're living, for them to ask questions, etc. And so we all have limited time uh, that we're given. Each of us gets the 24 hours and there's necessities in our lives for food, for sleep, for work and and other uh, other activities. And so it, it will be limited uh, time we can spend with people but but we believe being intentional is part of it to drop that note to make that phone call uh, to to stop by for a visit or make arrangements to to be together um, as uh, time allows and, and schedules allow so, We believe that spending time with people is how we influence them. And we want to influence them for good, right? We we want to see them one to Jesus Christ, to, to, to come to know the Savior. We also believe that persuasion is better than coercion. So this kind of goes hand in hand with influence. We're not trying to guilt people into the kingdom. We're not trying to shame them into it. And sometimes this is maybe in the family context where this may play out a little bit easier. But maybe sometimes it's in other relationships. We, we may say things in a way that... You know, hey, how was your weekend? Oh, yeah, was, you know, spent some time. Was at this great, uh, you know, went to two silos brewery and hung out and watched football. And, and then we go, oh, that, that, that's how you spent your time. You know, so just the tone of voice and maybe a crinkle of the eyebrow expresses some disapproval that they were at a brewery or a winery or maybe were getting drunk or, you know, whatever. We may have subtle ways of communicating our disapproval for their life or lifestyle or choices or activities. Again, this may happen a little bit more in the family context, perhaps parent to child, sibling to sibling, or, you know, again, whatever the extended family, how you're trying to win your villagers uh, to know, to, to love Jesus. That shaming and guilting and expressing disapproval are forms of coercion. Okay, they're, they're forms of coercion. Now, hardline coercion is where, you know, you twist their arm and, you know, you, you threaten people with some harm or some penalty if they do not. And, again, can happen in the family context. Um, threatening people with conversion um, is other religions— have done that. I think mean, Christianity has been involved in that in the past as well. Um, you know, kind of at the threat of the sword, convert or else convert or die. Um, and that's detestable. Okay. Cause no conversion. We, we believe God uh, has created us in his image with the capacity of communication, reason, evaluation, thought, okay, reflection, the will, okay, so the will is not coerced into following Jesus, the will is one, it is persuaded into knowing Jesus. And so we, uh, Isaiah says it this way, come, let us reason together. And so we reason together. Paul um, argued, that's the language we find in Scripture in the book of Acts, he went to the synagogue and he would argue with them from the Scriptures, but he he was speaking to them, he was reasoning with them from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. So again, where they had that prepared, we talked about the prepared and the unprepared, right? So a prepared audience knows the background of Scripture, but maybe hasn't fully understood the claims of Jesus. And so Paul reasoned with them, that this Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified and he proclaimed to be risen is actually the Messiah of God. And so reason and thought and persuasion, giving a reason for the hope you have. And so we choose the path of persuasion. And so that would mean as evangelists, we want to do our homework to be as equipped as we can to persuade people. So it's thinking together about how how do we answer somebody who asks that question about well why would God allow so much suffering and we talked about that uh, last week when somebody says why would God we want to be able to say that's you know I share that question and I share you know believing that God is strong and powerful and loving and so I would like to talk with you about that so it's if we're going to persuade, we actually have done some thinking ourselves so that we can articulate the faith with clarity, with, with meaning, and with, with definition, not just believe in God and it'll all work out. We want to speak to the particularity of Jesus as the Christ, Jesus as the way and the truth and the life. So, Anyway, persuasion is our pathway. Finally, um, we believe that God has prepared each of us. We believe that God has prepared each of us to bear witness to our village. We are uniquely prepared. We're uniquely equipped. We have a personality. God has shaped us and made us who we are. There are spiritual gifts. We haven't talked much about that, but God has imparted the gifts of the Spirit. And those gifts of the Spirit bear witness to grace. They bear witness to His presence in our lives. And so it may be administrative gifts. It may be um, speaking gifts, teaching and the like. It may be gifts of mercy and helps and the like. And so there's ways that we can serve others, that help to bear witness to his kingdom. The kindness that we share when bringing a meal, um, the, hey, can I pray for you? The gifts of intercession, praying for people is one of the ways that God bears witness. So we've got gifts, we've got experiences, we've got wisdom, we've got a kind of a history with these people. God, We believe God has prepared us to bear witness. This isn't something we've got to like, oh my goodness, go to school to figure out how to, you know, tell people about Jesus, we've been living, we're living in relationship with them. We bet we bear witness best out of who we are, out of our own experience with Jesus. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for the reason for the hope we have. Just speak out of your experience how you've come to know God. Again, use the image of John, right? The various metaphors that that are given there. Bread, water, uh, etc. You know, uh, the shepherd leading sheep. Um, And so, knowing your own story so well that you feel You understand your story as connected to the big story and you tell your story in such a way to help them connect their story to the big story. And you you know them, you have experiences with them. You can laugh about that time we went to blah, 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 you know, and did such and such. It's, It's using those experiences, but it's being thoughtful as an evangelist, being intentional so that you can persuade. Again, not coerce, but you want to be able to Hey, I don't know if I've ever shared with you, you know, uh, some thoughts, uh, and and then being willing to enter into that space of risk, <laughs> um, and and conversation and open endedness, all of that. So, it's believing God is big, God is already on the scene. <laughs> it's not up to me to save them. It's up to me to to bear witness to them. Uh, through the time I spend and the activities we share to seek to persuade and and offer them the opportunity to consider things that they maybe never have considered before or from a different angle. And that's evangelism. So we believe these things. They they, they don't seem very big, but taken together, they help to shape us into a, 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 a way of thinking that this is something we can do. You know, I was laboring yesterday a little bit like, oh, maybe it's never going to happen in our lives. But I want to say, you can do this. You're probably already doing some of it without being aware of it. You're already influencing people without even being aware of it. And so it's it's just stepping it up a little bit with that willingness to speak and to share and to inquire and to ask some questions, okay? So let's, let's close here, and then we'll pick up with five more Uh, beliefs (laughs) tomorrow that we can explore together. So let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for the ways you are at work in each of our lives and all of the the world and in the lives of those uh, we love deeply and know in our little village. Thank you that salvation and and honor depend on you, not on ourselves. And so, Father, help us as we lift our prayers once again for our village and villagers, those we wish to know uh, the Savior that you might use us in the ways you've equipped us and prepared us already. Help us to to bear faithful witness, persuasive, make our lips persuasive and influential that we might actually win others uh, to the Savior. As we pray in his name, even as he taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And may the kingdom and the power and the glory of God abide with you and rest with you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.